0: from the pages of cracked magazine well no not magazine but web site i guess five murder mysteries that were almost too insane to be real let's all go down the rabbit hole of conspiracies fears and mysteries Alright, right. right. welcome back to Conspiracy Fears and Mysteries and I'm your boy Ralphie And how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing this evening or this today? I usually upload this at 7, I should start uploading this at 7pm, not at 7am I don't know why I do that, I don't know why I upload this at 7am, it should be a 7pm thing This should be something you listen to at night Uh, This one isn't, this episode is not going to be... anything scary i think any of my episodes well yeah i got a few scary ones but or whatever but this is um five murder mysteries and um because i haven't actually i've done (laughs) i've done conspiracies and a lot of fears and this is another mystery i think i have to catch up on the mysteries part of the name of the podcast but anyway sorry i'm moving around a lot but anyway these are um from cracked now um if you've never read cracked back in the day cracked magazine used to i, I used to i used to collect cracked magazine um and was it cracked? yeah it was cracked with uh with that damn figure on it or that that now that uh, mascot they had like those like a boy you know what i'm saying um like some dude that was drawing that's their mask i don't even know how to explain it just don't don't worry about it but anyway (laughs) anyway crack magazine they always made fun of stuff it was there was another one that was similar to them mad magazine mad magazine mad magazine is the one with the with the uh with the figure with that mascot of that that dude whatever the hell he is i don't know who the dude is if anybody knows let me know but crack magazine i just collect so anyway five murder mysteries that are almost too insane to be real. Let's get right into these uh right into these murder mysteries, man, because uh because you know they're uh they're just crazy. Okay, so here's how you solve a mystery, first of all. <clears throat> this is straight from the pages of Crack now. You take a seemingly bizarre situation and break it down into its components. Let me lower this a little bit into its component parts, chaining together a series of ordinary events until they make even more, uh, I'm sorry, the most extraordinary circumstances seem logical. That's how crimes pretty much are solved. That's how, this is the beginning of detective work, I guess. That's how they do it. Um, so, sometimes you stumble upon a mystery and set, it, and set about investigating, um, only able to find some aspects that are weirder than the last. and. It's like if in the end of Scooby Doo episode, Velma tore off the monster's mask and saw her own face staring back at her. That'd be fu- <laughs> that'd be fucking crazy. That'd be crazy. Like that's something you see in a horror movie. So we're gonna count down from five down to one. So number five is the groin the groin punch heard around the world. In 2010, oil man and generally well regarded dude. Ed Flanagan was found dead in his hotel room in Texas. Since the only injury he initially seemed to have was a small abrasion in his face, it was generally assumed he'd succumb to a heart attack or something. But then the autopsy revealed that Flanagan's interiors were a complete mess. Apart from some massive bruising. Ooh, ooh. Apart from some, excuse me, from some massive bruising. Where is it at? Where did I leave off? Sorry, I looked away for a second. Uh, brace Okay but then oh, okay for, oh sorry apart from some massive bruising around his groin and a small cut on the scrotum why they cut the scrotum oh lord maybe maybe he was with a prostitute there were uh there were also several internal injuries including two broken ribs and a ruptured heart the injuries were consistent with blunt force trauma as if, a, as, if as if from a beating however there was no bruising on the chest only around the groin Did someone kick this guy in the ball so that's not funny? Sorry, but did someone kick this guy in the ball so hard that he died? Anyway, the investigators were able to place the time of death soon after 8:30 p.m. But three electricians staying in the room next door hadn't heard any kind of a struggle. Only um, also a cigarette had burned out in Flanagan's hand, as if he died in the middle of a casual smoke. So how could a man be dick punched to death in a locked hotel room? Well, while holding a cigarette without making a sound. Hmm, wait, it gets weirder. There's no real way to put this gently, but Ed Flanagan was shot in the scrotum. The cops were stumped, so Flanagan's family called a private investigator, Ken Brennan. Now, one of Ed's neighbors did hear something odd, a loud crack, like a gunshot. Brennan started uh, sniffing around and managed to find a small bullet hole in the wall behind the rooms. Between the rooms, I'm sorry. Cleverly concealed with what turned out to be dried toothpaste. Wow. The electricians in the other room had been drinking, and one of them, Lance Mueller, fired a shot, which went through the wall, separating their room from Flanagan's. The electricians thought they'd heard a cough from the other room, so they figured that the occupant was all right, hastily masked the hole in the wall with what they could find, hence the toothpaste, and took their party to a bar, all without thinking to check on Flanagan. Unfortunately, the noise they heard was less of a cough and more of a, oh, shit, I've just been shot in the balls, death rattle. The bullet went through the wall and hit Flanagan square in the sack. Man, fuck that. Sorry, man, I didn't mean a curse, but damn. While he was lying in the bed watching Iron Man 2. (laughs) Oh, God, cracked. why you got to write shit like this? It entered his body and ricocheted up through it. Causing massive internal injuries Until finally lodging itself in his Oh my god what are the odds of that You got shot in the balls And the bullet Found a route An easy route Through everything that's in your body To get to your heart It just ricocheted everywhere Wow Meanwhile the soft skin of of his scrotum swelled and folded around the bullet hole Wow Wow seeing no entry wound and having no reason to assume there was one the coroner didn't bother looking for a bullet and thus ends the mystery of the deadliest dick punch that's crazy wow that is insane number four no 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 no, no. fuck this let's do this with a dang number four the clever ploy straight out of csi in 2008 Red Lobster executive Thomas Hickman was found dead in the New in the New Mexico desert. His mouth was bound with duct tape, and he had been shot once in the back of the head. It seemed like a classic gangland murder, but there was no particular reason anyone would want to kill Hickman, unless Olive Garden suddenly got really aggressive about their new seafood menu. Also, I swear I, I'm going to start getting my news from Cracked because this is better. This is better than the than the real stuff that's out there, supposedly real stuff. Also, aside from the whole. That, Executed in the middle of the desert thing, the area seemed oddly serene. Hickman's hands were untied, and there was no sign of a struggle anywhere in the area. His car was on the scene, completely untouched. It's like his killers had coerced him into dying without a fight, then disappeared without a trace. It was like an episode of CSI. But wait, it gets weirder. Actually, it was an episode of CSI. In season four episode of the show homebodies a man kills himself with a gun tied to a bunch of helium balloons which float which float away into the sky after he pulls the trigger asking is obviously not an option so it's not clear whether hickman saw the episode or came up with it with the idea himself but his plan was identical to the one in the show he tied a stripped down lightweight gun to a bunch of balloons duct taped his mouth shut and shot himself in the back of the head The cops found notes which told his family what to do if something happened to him, so the idea was probably to spare them the pain of dealing with his suicide and allow his wife, who had been seriously ill, to collect on his $400,000 life insurance policy. Hickman might have pulled off the perfect suicide if it wasn't for the fact that it was an unusually windy day. Instead of rising up to the sky and drifting away to some distant gully or unfortunate child's birthday party, the wind dragged the balloons and gun along the ground until they became tangled in a cactus investigators found them a short distance from the body and presumably only briefly arrested the cactus before cracking the case <laughs> why do they make these jokes my god there um i have a picture here i unfortunately you know, this is a podcast and i can't show it but there's a picture of i see the, the stripped down gun the handle the wood it was it looks like a it's a revolver, but the handle was stripped out so that it's lighter weight and he can tie the uh, balloon to it. it. Looks like a. Or is it 22, maybe? I don't know. Wow. Things are getting crazy. Okay, number three The saintly mother and sick child who were neither. To the people of Springfield, Missouri, DD Blanchard was a hero. Oh, I already know he's going. I saw the movie in case you haven't seen the movie. I can't remember the name, but the lady who played little, not little Nikki's mother, uh, that, Adam, that Adam Sandler movie where he was like playing football or something. And he and he was like from Louisiana. And Popeye's no, no 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 that's little Nikki. Um, the water sucks, It really really sucks. <clears throat> anyway, I can't remember. That's an old movie. But anyway, um, the lady who played his mom, who who played mama, that um, she's she played in the movie the mother of this child. To the people of Springfield, Missouri, Dee Dee Blanchard was a hero. She dedicated her life to caring for her chronically ill daughter, Gypsy, who suffered from deep breath, chromosomal chromosomal defect, who suffered from deep breath. Oh, oh, that's like telling you deep breath. Ready? Chromosomal defects, muscular dystrophy, eye problems, epilepsy, severe asthma, sleep apnea, and brain damage, among other ail- um, ailments. Are <laughs> you fucking serious? She'd even had leukemia as a child. Then probably frail Gypsy used a wheelchair to get around and often needed a feeding tube as in, and an oxygen tank. As if it wasn't enough, Dee Dee's other family abused Gypsy until Dee Dee herself stood up to them, then fled her hometown with daughter in tow. Their new home was then destroyed in Hurricane Katrina, but Didi bravely carved out a new life for them in Missouri. Didi Blanchard was precisely one whirlwind romance with a a uh, handsome town doctor away from being played by Susan Sarandon in a TV movie. So the whole town was absolutely horrified when Dee Dee was found stabbed to death in her home in 2015. Oh, Dee Dee was the mother. To make matters worse, Gypsy was uh, Gypsy was the, the daughter. I'm sorry, I, I don't know if I mentioned that, but Gypsy was the daughter. Gypsy was nowhere to be found, and their joint Facebook uh, account posted a message which declared that bitch is dead. The comments, as they always do, made everything worse. The poster went on to say, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud. LOL. What kind of unimaginable monster would murder the saint of the Ozarks? Then abuse and kidnap a helpless, developmentally challenged 19-year-old girl. It was Gypsy all along. Gypsy Blanchard had her mother killed. Oh, and she wasn't a sick teenager at all. She was a perfectly healthy. Twenty- three-year-old who was fully capable of walking, talking, and evidently planning a murder. However, this wasn't a, a g- grandiose, usual suspect-style supervillain scheme on her part. In fact, Gypsy herself wasn't aware of her true age at the time. And her decision to murder her mother was the result of Didi's Dee nasty case of Manchowson by proxy. And uh, Manchowson by Man by proxy, for those of you who don't know, is when... um uh exactly this situation so you have a a caretaker it's normally primarily a mother um who deliberately makes the child sick in one way or another one form i'm i'm probably not i'm not giving the exact uh definition by by the book but this is what my mom told me she's a mental health professional she's got her master she's been doing this for years um she's you know but man chosen by proxy—is that what it is essentially? And what it is to me is basically like a call, like a need for attention by the caretaker. So the caretaker, in this case, being Dee Dee, the mom, she made her daughter sick, and she kept making her sick. She would like inject her with stuff. I, cause I know the little bit more detail of the story. She would inject her with things, and she would, um, you know, keep her in a wheelchair, whatever. And like I think. The Ronald McDonald House, they they donated a house to her, like they built a house for her. And um, what is all that damn sound? Man, it was fucking court. Um, they made a house for her. Um, you know they would everything was given to her, everything you know because, and she you know she was getting all this attention and all this, and that's what her mother wanted. Didi didn't feel sick, and blah blah blah. So you know it, that's Manchhausen by proxy. It's somebody who makes they're the person they're taking care of sick to get attention to garner attention or something. Dee had been faking her daughter's assorted illness ever since Gypsy was a baby. As Gypsy grew, her mother shaved her head, fed her liquid nutritional supplements and tranquilizers and forced her to use a wheelchair in public. Dee Dee reported a baffling variety of symptoms to different doctors who healthfully prescribed medication and performed numerous surgeries. Oh my God, man. Including one to Gypsy's eye muscles and one completely removing her salivary. Oh, my goodness, man. Wow. Ooh, what the f- She went as far as- the- I didn't even- Damn. When Gypsy's test came back negative or the staff at a clinic became suspicious, Dee dodged the bullet by simply stopping- stopping, going to that doctor. She also happily uh, gamed charities when she could. At the time of her murder, she lived in a house built by Habitat for Humanity. Oh, no, no, it wasn't uh, the McDonald House. It was Habitat for Humanity, complete with customized amenities like a hot tub to help with Gypsy's muscles. Trapped in her mother's madness, Gypsy was raised to go along with with the deceptions, even when they caused her pain, which was not uncommon. However, as the years went by, To the surprise of no one, she gradually grew to resent her mother. Gypsy spent a lot of her time on the internet and eventually made a boyfriend, Nicholas Gojon. Together, the two hatched a plan to free Gypsy of Didi's grasp for good. Unfortunately, the plan wasn't alert the authorities. Gojon entered their house and brutally murdered Didi with a serrated knife while Gypsy stood in another room and listened. Police were tipped off after a friend of Gypsy's mentioned her secret online boyfriend. Gypsy was found in Gojon's apartment, Sans wheelchair and um sans wheelchair and in way way better health than they feared than they'd feared. She took a plea deal for second degree murder and is currently serving a ten year sentence while her boyfriend is awaiting trial. Whoa. Huh, there are two winners here, sometimes a mysterious suck so, you guys. Okay, they wrote, huh, there are two winners here. Sometimes Mysterious. Suck, you guys. Suck, you guys. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's get to the next one. Two missing identical dicks. Oh, my God. Cracked. I think I'm going to do more crack stories like this. In 2005, Alaskan Richard Bennett, Alaskan... Richard Bennett, up and vanished. Oh, in Alaska. He was, he was Alaska. Alaskan, Richard Bennett, up and vanished. He seemed like he wanted to disappear, having nearly distributed his belongings to his loved ones before he went. Still, no one knew where he went. And why? That is, until a few months later, when his family found a body in the woods near his trailer. The head was missing, which everyone agrees could probably be attributed to wild animals because there's no need to drag Bigfoot Executioner into this. But the remains match Bennett's description size age bracket. He was even wearing the right clothes. Forensic anthropologists found a healed break in the shin, which they compared with x-rays from the time Bennett broke his leg in a motorcycle accident. It was a perfect match. And Bennett's family buried the body in 2006. But wait, it gets weirder. In 2004, another area, Richard Hills, Richard, Richard Hills had gone missing. Another area, Richard, I don't know why they wrote his name twice, but... Okay, in 2004, another area where Richard Hills had gone missing, Alaska is already, I don't, in 2004, another area, Richard, comma, Richard Hills, comma, had gone missing, period. I don't know. Alaska, uh, English is my second language, sorry. Alaska is already the mysterious disappearance's capital of the, of America. It is, it is i can do a whole podcast just on alaska disappearances let me know if you guys want that but hills um case was particularly odd his crash car was found with keys still in the ignition his tracks went on for about a quarter of a mile and then just vanished although he had been running with a bad crowd there was no indication that he was either killed or had intended to commit suicide and since nobody could find any remains the case went unsolved for 10 years in a bizarre twist the body which was found in Bennett's backyard wasn't him at all. It was Hills. As it turns out, Hills had also broken his leg in an old accident. Oh, wait a minute. I'm tripping. Richard, Richard Hills. Oh, in another area, Richard, Richard Hills had gone missing. Okay, this is another. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And since nobody could find any remains, the case went on. Okay. In a bizarre twist, the body which was found in Bennett's backyard wasn't him at all. It was Hills. As it turns out, Hills had also broken his leg in an old accident. And by a cruel twist of fate, the two breaks were almost identical. It didn't hurt that the two were almost roughly the same age, had the same build, wore similar clothes, and went missing in the same area within a short time of each other. <laughs> the mix-up was discovered In 2014, after a forest fire in the Kenai Peninsula revealed the bones of a third missing person, Alaska, everybody, and state troopers started looking through the list of local disappearances. They discovered some hitherto ignored DNA data suggesting that the body released to the Bennett family was not related to them. Further testing revealed that it was Hills who had stumbled toward Bennett's property after his car crash, only to collapse and succumb to his injuries. The elements... You know, his injuries and the elements. Cruel aren't. Cruel, 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 cruel irony. As for Ben, his fate remains a mystery, but it's probably not going to end well. This is Alaska we're talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Wow. That's, well, I, I don't know. Crazy coincidence, man. I got a little bit confused. I got a little bit confused. I thought we were talking about one guy at first, you know, and I don't know, but it did say two dicks. But anyway, let's go. The Batman of Los Angeles is nothing like you're picturing. Wow. Okay. In 1922, Apron Magnet, yes, that was a thing. Fred Ostrich, Ostrich, was shot dead in Los Angeles in his Los Angeles mansion. The police found his wife, Walburga Dali Ostrich, uh, screaming in a closet which was locked from the outside. As the only living person in the house, Dolly quickly became the prime suspect. However, it was impossible for her to be the murderer since there was no way she could have locked herself in the closet without a secret passage or telekinesis or maybe a highly trained and camouflaged closet-locking octopus at her disposal. It seemed destined to become one of the most unsolvable cases that provoke retired detectives to build uh, maniacal evidence walls in their apartment. But wait. It gets weirder. Dolly Ostrich had a lover, Otto Sanhuber, who had secretly lived in the attic of the house for years. This wasn't even the first secret attic the guy lived in. Before the ostrich, ostriches moved to Los Angeles, I remember this story. I remember this story. I saw it uh, somewhere else. I think I saw it on YouTube. Otto spent 10, okay, (laughs) 10 F years stashed away in the attic of i already cursed otto spent 10 fucking years stashed away in the attic of their milwaukee home he began an affair with dolly while working for Fred. when the neighbors became suspicious of his frequent visits dolly convinced him to quit his job and move into the attic you know as one does (laughs) the life of otto attic side peace was a not a glamorous one apart from daily visits with Dolly. He spent his days in complete isolation, reading, sleeping on a small cot, drinking bathtub gin, oh, and writing pulp fiction stories. <laughs> During these years, Dolly was the only person the only person Otto ever saw. He would later say that he was essentially her sex slave and that he loved her as a boy loves his mother. What kind of porn hub shit is this promoting? I'm sorry, prompting readers across America to stop pursuing uh, perusing the crime section of the newspapers while the, the newspaper while eating. Although Fred was a heavy drinker, he eventually started to notice the strange noise, the mysterious shadows, an occasional missing cigar that are the inevitable byproducts of a complete stranger spending years squatting in your home. Questioning his sanity, he decided to change the scenery uh, he decided a change of scenery was in order. A move to LA didn't help, of course. Dolly simply made sure their new house had an attic and secretly moved San Huber in with them. I remember, um, I remember seeing this story. He had went to go. He was rich, you know. They, they were rich. They went to go buy a house, and she was very, very adamant that she she was no. I need an attic. I need to be able to put my coats in there. My expensive blah blah blah. I need an attic. I need an attic. So there was houses that he already wanted to buy, and she said no. She wants an attic. So anyway. One day, St. Hooper overheard Fred and Dolly having a violent argument. He charged downstairs, dual-wielding Fred's own guns, and fired three rounds into his chest. Then he locked Dolly in the cupboard and went back to the attic, where police completely failed to detect him. Dolly blamed her husband's death on a burglar. Everyone was left off the leash, and Otto could finally descend from his hiding hole. Could, but did not. Otto carried on living as Dolly's personal addict sex golem while she struck up a new relationship with her late husband's estate attorney. Man, damn, there was some crazy whores back then. <laughs> Jesus. Herman Shapiro and with businessman Roy Klump. Two dudes. Wow. Unfortunately, Shapiro became suspicious of Dolly when she gifted him an expensive watch which looked a whole lot like the one the burglar had stolen. And Clump didn't much care for the way Dolly casually asked him to get rid of a gun. And someone's calling me. No, no, no. To get rid of... Where is it? Stolen and clump didn't much care for the way Dolly uh, casually asked him to get rid of a gun. To cap things off, she even asked a neighbor to bury yet another gun in his own backyard. This may this this may seem sloppy on Dolly's part, but remember, she once asked a guy to quit life and live in her attic like a personal fuckbat. And he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh my God, I'm looking at a picture of her. Exactly how much bathtub gym was he drinking? Do- oh my God. <laughs> they put a picture of her and they captioned about him exactly how much bathtub gin was he drinking wow she is not good looking she must have been doing something insanely crazy for him i mean she i don't know whatever clump was the first to go to the police with his story and dolly was arrested in 1923 unfortunately being a colossal dumbass is no proof of murder especially as the cops were still unable to explain how she got locked in the closet but dolly wasn't Done asking bizarre things of men, she revealed San Huber's existence to Shapiro while in jail, begging him to buy groceries for her pet attic dude. It's a true testament to Dolly's charms that instead of blasting out a truly glorious string of obscenities and marching to the nearest cop, Shapiro obliged. See, some, a lot of men, we're stupid. A lot of men, we are really dumb, you know. And then here's the thing: we fall for the whole. Uh, we're dogs, you know. We're assholes. We're this, that, and the third. But then at the same time, we're dumb. You get around the right woman, and you're done. <laughs> this was the—I don't care how stupid you think she was. This was the right woman. This was this was she was she she was on her she was on her grind. I don't care. San Huber was delighted to finally have someone new to talk to, and told Shapiro basically everything. This finally moved, proved to be Dolly and San Hoover's undoing as Shapiro went to the police with his information seven years later and only because he and Dolly broke up. Also, the statute of limitations for manslaughter had expired. So everyone involved was off the hook. The papers call St. Hoover the Batman of Los Angeles, presumably because SoCal sex possum was already taken <laughs> and Dolly lived the rest of her life, of her days, a free woman, enjoying her late husband's wealth. So there you go. That's the moral. You can ask men to do just about anything as long as you're having sex with them. They'll do it. I'm pretty much um uh, that's, um that's that's almost very true. Or maybe the moral is everything will work out fine if you decide to become somebody's secret sex slave. Yes, the morals are terrible, but hey, so is life. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous, man. Wow. That 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 that's that's crazy. That last one, that last one. Uh. Oh my god. That last one was crazy. That last one was crazy. I don't know what to say about that, man. I don't. I don't know what to say about that. But um. But hey, people are people. Humans are humans, man. Humans do stupid shit. Humans do stupid shit. What, do you, you know, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Anyway, man, that's all I got for this episode today, man. I hope you enjoy some of that, man. I just, I know it's kind of shorter than the other ones, but I really, I just wanted to share that with y'all today. You know what I'm saying? Let me know if, if it's better if I upload Friday nights. I mean, it's a podcast. You could pretty much listen to it. I don't understand. the the people stressed, really like stress upload schedules like it's a regularly scheduled program like on TV like if this was TV and they only show it on Wednesdays and like oh man why do you show it live and I have to see it live it's not live like you can if you if I upload this on seven a.m. and you listen to it at seven p.m. I mean. It's a podcast. You can listen to it whenever. You can download it and pretty much listen to it whenever you want. You can listen to half of it now, half of it on Monday. Half, you know what I mean? You can do the whole thing. You I mean, there's so many variables. I mean, but people are so hell-bent on You better upload this every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Like, no, because there's one person. It's convenient for you for me to upload it at that time, but not for everyone else. You know what I mean? So, but let me, I mean... If I, I'll get a consensus, you guys can call in or you can, yeah, uh, you know, call in on, uh, uh, what you call it, on Anchor FM and leave a message or you can just, you can uh, leave a message on iTunes. I Can you leave a message on iTunes, man? I don't even mess with Apple like that. Um, I don't even know. But anyway, anyway, man, uh, that's all I got for y'all, man and uh as always don't forget to like subscribe follow me on social media and i'm trying to do something look my social media i got creepy cigar i don't really go on creepy cigar on twitter i usually i use veterans view on twitter because it's just i interact more there you know what i mean i have two podcasts uh it's at the cigar ralphie at the cigar ralphie that's the one i mostly use at the cigar ralphie you know what I mean, Um and then my Instagram, the one that I mostly use, my Instagram is uh the Veterans View, or I think v- Veterans View, you can just put Veterans View, I believe, I'm not sure, Veterans View, yeah, whatever, but that's, I mean, that's pretty much it, man, but anyway, man, you, you guys already know, man, you know what I mean, Follow me on social media, man. You already know, and I'll see you on the next mo. If there's anything you want me to talk about, and you can call into Anchor and let me know. A conspiracy of fear or a mystery.